0: You're listening to an Anna Zao Ministries podcast. Do you have what it takes to become the number one hero? Does anyone? We're going to figure that out today on today's episode of Systematic Ecology. We are the priest to the geeks. I'm your host, Christian Ashley. I'm working on four hours of sleep. I have no filter right now. So is this the episode that gets to be canceled? Who knows? That's the fun. Guys, I am joined today by a cast of characters. We are, of course, joined today by Elizabeth Pang Clyde, whatever you want to call her. She's pretty dang cool. How are you doing, Pang?
1: I'm pretty good. I am ready for today. I have my coffee. Let's go. It's 630 a.m. right now, guys. We are dedicated for this episode.
0: We did this for you, the people. We are also, of course, joined by James. How are you doing, James? I am doing super well. Got my Plus Ultra coffee and I'm ready to go. Awesome. And last but certainly not least, we have Nick. How are you doing, Nick. I'm good. I also am caffeinated
2: and trying to stay awake. I'm in, I'm the weirdo in the central time zone. So I'm up at five forty-five. So that's dedication. And you know, that means Nick
0: loves you because we had a heck of a time getting this episode together and he made it work for all of us. So thank you to Nick. Thank you to James. Thank you to Pang. Thank you to my terrible sleep schedule. It's time to get into the episode after we ask what everyone's been geeking out on. So who would like to go first?
1: All at once. Please stop. Everyone stop talking all at once. I just can't get my thoughts in order. So I guess on that note, I'll, I'll go. I have been obsessing with the Korean drama lately and it's called startup, like episode one, it's the 90 minute episode. So, you know, like just a quick watch, easy peasy. Uh, I literally, there was like, betrayal there was a love triangle there was heartache there was grief i laughed i cried all in one episode and like what well, i did this on the road trip while my husband like it's driving so i had my headphones in so i just like looked i paused and i looked at him i was like babe we got a good one see you later and literally <laughs> like i have been binging that <laughs> so yeah it's on netflix startup korean drama do it
0: excellent uh nick or
3: james what's good next I've been doing a deep dive into uh, the Star Wars Jedi franchise, the video game franchise. Oh, Um, yeah. Getting ready for the sequel game, uh, Star Wars Jedi Survivor, to come out. I I played through the first one just this past week, deep, deep dive. Discovered in my searching on Wikipedia that uh, there is a canon novel that just came out last month with the events between the two. So I started that this past weekend, and um, I'm deep right now. I'm excited.
0: Very nice. Nick?
2: So I've got a recent theology book from one of my favorite theologians and friends. His name is Thomas J. Ord. And so I have been reading his book and I am in the middle of the second chapter and I have been nerding out super hard on it. So that's what I've been nerding awesome. out on.
0: Let's see. I have been geeking out recently. Let's see. We're two episodes into the uh, next half of the season of Mobile Suit Gundam, The Witch from Mercury. I am immensely enjoying it. We've had a lot of twists and turns after that mid-season finale I talked about on What's New. I needed more and they have delivered and more. So I am super excited for what comes next. Guys, if you haven't figured out by now, we're doing an episode on My Hero Academia. This is a bit of a a different twist on what we normally do. Normally, we just pick a series and we just cover like the entirety of it. We're not doing this this time. We're taking the breaks. We're taking it slow. We have different hosts over time. Talking about specific arcs, I made the list. I'm going to be sending out to everyone so they know what they're discussing. But this episode is going to be our overview as the series as a whole. Some of us have read the manga. Some of us haven't. Some of us are anime only. We'll see as the conversation unfolds who that is. But essentially, there's going to be about 15-ish episodes, including this one, from the way I separated. Because not all arcs are like, they're not going to be huge for having an entire episode based around them. So... We're kind of trying to introduce this into the program for Systematic Ecology, see what works, see what doesn't, and go ahead and give us some feedback as well. So guys, My Hero Academia, would you like to explain to the good people, if they don't know, what is the show about? We can all get a chance to say. You know, it is one of those things that
2: I got introduced to. My sister is more of a weeb than I am. And so she was like, hey, if you're a basic anime dude... Or gal and you like Dragon Ball Z and stuff like this is the like new basic thing that Shonen Jump has put out. And so, uh, but it's about a kid who goes to high school or he has no powers. He wants powers. Uh, He's dedicated with the hero spirit. Uh, He ends up receiving powers, goes to the most prestigious Japanese uh, hero high school called... Someone give me is it is it it's not UA. my hero. Ua, ua, there you go. UA. So that's a that's that's the little bit. Uh, someone build off of that for me.
1: Yeah, it's a complete Cinderella story in anime. You know, going from absolutely no powers, getting picked on, to being the main character that we all dream of in our life. Just waking up one day and having a fairy tale ending of punching things. Just me.
0: <laughs> Just me. Just like cool. Cinderella.
1: Yeah, just like Cinderella, but there is no Prince Charming, which is perfectly fine because we have All Might, which is, I would say, better than Prince Charming because he is here. And wow. so, pretty much, yeah. thank you, thank you, Deku. Uh, like we said, he has no power, but he ends up meeting All Might, who is like a fairy godmother, if you will. I don't know why I'm doing the Cinderella just reference. Just keep the metaphor going. Here we are. We are. We are here. And his step sister, uh, Baku, uh is just like really, really mean <laughs> to them. <laughs> anyway, but so he meets All Might and he's like, do you think I can be a hero too? And side note, All Might is like the, his ultimate goal, his ultimate dream. Like he is the person he grew up. He's pretty much Deku's Superman. Yeah,
0: he's uh, Superman and Captain America put together.
1: And he has great hair, honestly, too. So it's, it's just a win-win-win. And so All Might, you know, trains him. He ends up... Are we doing spoilers? Big spoilers here? I mean, mean, this this is an overview. So,
0: like, guys, if you haven't watched the show at this point in time, we're not going to spoil everything. But since this is the entirety of My Hero, I think we're going to stop it where the anime ends for at least this discussion. So just go ahead. This is your spoiler warning.
1: Spoiler warning. So All Might um, has a secret to his power, so I won't really divulge all of his secrets, but he shares it with Deku. So Deku goes from going from zero to a hundred. And of course, everyone is kind of like, what the heck happened? Because usually people don't awaken in powers in the teenage year. It usually comes when he's younger, but yeah, it goes through his development of being a nobody to having superpowers, but because he was a nobody, he was so compassionate and he's not arrogant. And that's the whole reason how he really got into UA. Like he passed the exam, but not because he defeated the most characters he got savior points because he saved people instead when there was nothing for him to gain so he's a cool dude um you've seen the memes on tiktok of him crying pointing to the screen do you think i can be a hero too and yes deku yes you can you cinderella beautiful self
0: james do you have anything you want to add to that
3: all i was gonna say is just simply it's it's uh, my hero academia is what would be if japan trying to do superheroes
0: it, right. I mean, it's essentially a Japanese reconstruction of right. American comics. Yeah. And done extremely well, in my opinion, other than some stuff later on, but we don't have to talk about that right now. Yeah. And so, how were we all introduced to My Hero Academia?
1: I um, just browse. Oh, sorry, James. No, go for it. I'm speaking. Can you stop, please? I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm just, this is my first <laughs> time meeting you. I'm a great person. I promise. <laughs> But um I I literally was just browsing through Crunchyroll and I am and I've said it before and it's probably oversaid but I'm I mainly just strict romance like you know I'm very vanilla even though I'm Asian uh type of thing and so I do appreciate like you know the Naruto the Jujutsu Kaisen and so I've heard of My Hero and I was like you know what I'll give it I'll give it a chance and I fell in love even though there's no romance but it's a great one. It's just a feel-good. It's a feel-good anime. You know what I mean? Like, I started it for the, for what Nick said. This is the new, like, weeb thing to do. And I was like, all right, let me see. Honestly, I wanted to hate it. I wanted to be like, see, this is not that great that everyone else is talking about. But I ended up loving it.
3: There's some, a lot of almost romance in My Hero Academia. Well, there's one almost
0: romance. There's yeah, one there, really there, romance.
1: I would say there are crushes. There's no romance yet. It's not a focus,
0: but there's potential.
1: Yeah, there is potential. We got some crushes going on, but this is one of the few animes where I'm like, I'm okay. There's not like, you know what I mean? Like I'm okay. If there's no romance development, whereas like with Naruto, I was like, Sasuke, come on, realize you love her. Do it. And um, (laughs) this one, I'm just like, you know what? You go be the number one hero. Don't let her tie you up. Go do your thing.
2: Oh, Sasuke. Nick. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I uh I'm I really am hoping for Ochaku though. I'm ready for uh Midori Amen. and Ochaku
0: to get together. Um, That's when you know you're a real fan. You know the fan uh, shipping portmanteau couple names. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm freaking ready. Uh but yeah, I got
2: introduced my sister, she's really into anime and manga and so She suggested it to me right before the pandemic, I think. And then, of course, the pandemic happened. And I think it kind of blew up like a lot of different IPs did during that time. And so I've been addicted ever since. Um, I just think it's one of the best recent mainstream animes and mangas out there right now. Like, I just think the story's good. The themes are really, really tight. Um, I mean, Demon Slayer is also the other big one, but I'm going to give the hot take and say that My Hero Academia is better thematically and story arc wise and things. Uh, not animation style, the animation in Demon Slayer is better. But um, anyway, so that's how I got introduced. And I just um, every every week when I, I every, when season six was out, I was like scratching my neck. I was like, "Where's the next episode? I can't wait a whole week." <laughs> and now season seven, I have to wait again. Ah, also. One of the best season one uh,
0: anime intros of all time.
2: Yeah. The day has come.
0: Come on now. Yeah, I should have added that as a question, but it's one of the best ones, in my opinion, as well as the number is the first one. I got introduced kind of similar to paying. I was just on Hulu one day, just browsing through the content on anime. because I was just going alphabetically at that point in time. And I ended up at the M's and I see my hero academia. I have heard nothing about this. This was like 2016, 2017, I think. And the first season had just come out, I was like, okay, I'll get into it. And was blown away. Was not prepared for it. Had a lot of fun. So I'll go. My next question is gonna be, what was our first impressions? I'll give it away. I hated the art when I first saw this show. The art. And snob. I'm not an art snob. Like, as someone with no artistic talent when it comes to drawing, I very rarely criticize someone else's art because I know I can't reproduce anything myself. But the show won me over with its characters to the point where I don't even look at the art anymore. And I, I've my opinion of it has improved as well. Just getting into seeing uh, Izuku just desire to be better in this world where he has nothing compared to everyone else. Being born quirkless, being born at essentially a disability in this world and rising above, finding a way through All Might to inspire him to be a hero, even though he's suffered this immense debilitating injury that forces him to not be able to be a hero as long as he would like to. And then him becoming a hero in his own right. Chef's kiss. Love it. What about you guys? I think for me, it was the
3: characters that did it as well. The characters and side characters in My Hero are just done, for the most part, there are a few exceptions, I think, but just done so well, so endearingly, that you really want to invest in them. So for me, I I started following in 2018. And if uh, if you're familiar with this in pastor world, some of us pastors have to do a thing called clinical pastoral education, which means you have to go work for a summer or a semester as a chaplain intern in a hospital. And it was a hard summer for me, um, for a lot of different reasons. And I discovered all might somewhere in the middle of that, um, uh, journey. And he, you know what, he does uh, what he does best. What, which was save people with a smile. And so I binged my hero like four times that summer up to, I think it was the the third season in the, the anime had just come out. And, uh, yeah, wow. Just a uh, good times. Um yeah. So my first impressions were great. I thought the first couple arcs in particular were fantastic. Um and especially the the culminating um there's sort of a third of the way through the 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 big bad and the big good guy fight. And I'm not going to spoil anything that happens. Um but the fight in particular is is inspiring. I'll say that.
1: I really like the pacing of like the first season too. Like there was no, I'm looking at you, One Piece. There was no like 20 episode fight. You know what I mean? I'm just saying, I I love One Piece. I love One Piece. Have his hat tattooed on my arm. But I'm just saying, I'm looking at you, One Piece. There was like, so the pacing was very nice. Uh, like we we got from point A to point B. I enjoyed all the characters. I agree with you about the art. It's not really my style. It looks a little, they're not like chibi art type deal, but it gave me that like you know like childish vibes, which is their target audience. So I'm not mad at the art, but it could be another reason why, since it's not my ideal like art style. Why I'm okay with not having romance because I'm just kind of like you know I separated the two, which is weird for me. But yeah, I love the characters. Like literally, um, I will imitate bakugo all the time and be like like yell at my husband like come on you freaking idiot you dang nerd like I'll, <laughs> I'll like i'll use bakugo's insults like in my marriage it's very healthy guys but it's just because we have a good time it's fun <laughs> you dang nerd
3: i've i've never thought of people in my life as npcs after uh <laughs> <laughs> watching baka go give that insult (laughs) several
0: times
1: i am the main character in my life so (laughs) everyone is my npc
0: Nick, salvage this, please. Wait,
1: wait, wait. Wait, oh, no. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. wait! God's the main character. I feel like I have to.
0: Uh, good job there. Wait. And I. No. <laughs> you have to God wait, and then Pang. Wait a minute. Before. <laughs> before, before In the before grand any... scheme of creation, God said, I'm going to wait about, you know, however many years it's been since creation began and then Pang's going to show up. That's when things <laughs> are going to pop off.
1: I had to. I was like, wait a minute. Before anyone uses jukes me, let me just go ahead and be like, wow. number one, God.
3: Love him. And- and you know what? The gospel according to systematic ecology is uh, to God. No one's an NPC. Wow. There you oh, go. Wow.
1: Amen. And I strive to be like him, but I'm just not there yet. You know, kind of die to my flesh daily.
2: <laughs> oh, no. Wow. The Bible. See us Nick, next. Nick, speak. Nick, speak. <laughs> the Bible. The ultimate gamers manual. Um, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh,
2: uh, but yeah, my my impressions of the show when I first watched it, I was in love with it pretty much immediately. I think the characters are compelling. I mean, you know, as I've got finished season six, one of my favorite things is the friendship of UA and this perceived idea of like fighting heroes alone. And even all later on, when you find out all All Might, who is like this, who's basically single handedly defeated evil, didn't what? That's not even true. That narrative isn't accurate as far as how he came up and stuff. And so seeing that towards the end and how much the class of 1A cares about each other, uh, I mean, that from the get-go got me in. Like, tears as later seasons go on. I'm not a big crier, but it's been good. Maybe it's possibly, too, that Deku just cries all the time, and now it's just like part of my, you know, experience. I'm like, okay, the tears are coming at some point.
0: Yeah. Uh, Peng actually brought up uh, an excellent point earlier. Uh, comparing this to One Piece, One Piece is essentially a dinosaur in the sense that it continues to run anime wise uh, compared to other shows today. Like the last one I can think of that was long running that it just ended a couple years ago was Black Clover. And My Hero was part of that new system of anime we're not just going to keep running the show, we're going to do it season by season rather than just every week there's an episode. And I think that's to its benefit because the filler episodes we have gotten aren't exactly the best in my opinion but One Piece is still good for what it does it's just from a different era now guys obviously the show is real big on superheroes and everything to do I like uh, as a genre how big are into superheroes are we I'm pretty decent big into it
1: love guys and Spanks, like for <laughs> it man
2: keep her away from the football games keep her away
1: I, feel like he's I don't like, that. I feel he's that. Like, he's that. like I'm that. not a sports yeah. person though <laughs> nah. I, I make myself sound like really like romance crazy. I just like to make a lot of jokes, guys. I only—I tell my husband all the time, like, you are the only 3D guy for me. The only 3D guy.
0: The only 2D 3D though. guy. Yeah, no, what he, he hears compliment. that
1: often. It's like, love you so much, my 3D husband. But 2D though.
0: There, there are billions of 3D guys out there, but only you. Only you. Mm-hmm. I want to throw a of this harum. out there.
2: 2D, my first uh my first two D crush was Sailor Moon. So
0: <laughs>
1: Mine was in and he's always with me on my arm now.
0: Wow. If we're on the subject, since we're off topic anyways, who cares? <laughs> Mine was Rolina Peacecraft from Gundam Wing. Hey. Okay. Okay, that's fair. I, it got me into like actually understanding why pacifism is a good thing in a show about war. Mm, wow. James, you want to reveal your dark, dirty secrets of your first crush?
3: I I don't have one immediately coming to mind. Um, maybe it's
0: just because I'm early in the morning and I'm not there at all yet. Um, or maybe it's because he's not shameless like us. Yeah. Falling in I... love with fictional characters. I just love, too, it. that Christian, you were
2: like, you know, I had a crush. And also, she taught me what pacifism was like. And it really affected <laughs> me deeply. And back in the day, I was like, you know what? Sailor Moon, hot. Like...
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right so the actual question <laughs> Since we're all tired and just waking up and off focus. how big into superheroes are we
1: I, I i'm pretty big into it like i love marvel i love the idea of the weaker person like you know there's like a savior and even like the i know we joked like with like the bible stuff but even like i just think it's we naturally love a savior, you know what I mean? Whether it's like in the Christian realm, like obviously the ultimate savior, or even in the fictional realm, like we love seeing someone come in and helping the weak and helping the poor and doing what we wish we could do outside of ourselves. So big fan of superheroes, even if they're not wearing Sphinx.
3: James and Nick? Sorry, I'm still trying to remember who my first anime crush was. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyways, yeah, I mean... I, like most people, I feel like really enjoy uh, superhero stories. Um, I think um, they're fun because they're able to bring uh, really big themes into a very particular focus, right? Because they hook us in on the powers and the, you know, fights and whatever. And then they uh, they really get us, I think authors really use that to get us thinking about some some bigger things that we might not have thought about before. So I think they're clever. I think they're smart. Um, but yeah, a whole lot of fun to watch.
2: Yeah. I'm thinking about my, you know, I'm trying to think of my memory of how far back, like when I was introduced to superheroes, but a lot of it was like the Hanna-Barbera stuff, like some some of the, like, you know, space ghosts and even like SWAT cats was a big one for me. I mean, you know, (laughs) jet flying. Cats, youth who are superheroes to a certain extent. And then, you know, like the Justice Friends and the Wonder Twins and all that kind of silliness. But they've just always kind of been a part of like growing up, even if I didn't consciously think like, oh, these are superheroes who are saving people. But I think that they've just been so embedded in our culture that even if you aren't into superheroes, like my wife does not like any fantasy or sci fi or anything like that, but she knows who Wonder Woman is, she knows who Superman is. And I think that similarly, like I those things have always just captured and raptured my attention. And so, yeah,
0: Yeah. I had no hope of not being a Superman or excuse me, a superhero fan based on my dad and who he is. I mean, this man has the long boxes for his comics. He got his room. He was a high school teacher before he retired and it was covered head all over the, the wall with like superhero posters and Star Trek and Star Wars and stuff like that. So I was introduced to it at a very early age. I mean, obviously, my avatar for this show is Spider-Man. He's my number one. No other hero compares to him. And just getting into the genre is that like we've kind of brought up it before, it's like seeing this fantastical setting where things can be done to improve the world. We can have people who look out for the greater good and like seek nothing in return. And obviously, is that realistic? For the most part, no. I mean, we live in a very broken world. I would like to think if people were given powers, a lot of them would come and do heroic things. But what, that's the great thing about this is it's fantasy. We can make them, as as a writer, do good things to encourage other people to do those things. And My Hero does that amazingly. So we've talked around it. Let's get into the series proper. And let's go establish a couple of questions about it, like all of our specific tastes here. Who is everyone's favorite character? Oh. I want
1: to go last.
0: <laughs> Uh-oh. I sense a terrible opinion coming. I'll allow it. James and Nick. I'll jump. Um, I think my favorite
3: character is actually a side character. Um, it's probably Kirishima. Um, I really love Kirishima. I really love what they did with that character. I think he has some of the best um, character development on the side, coupled with some of the best um fight moments in the series. I mean, when you, when you see a Red Riot fight, you know it, the, the music's going to start playing. It's going to get hype. You're going to feel things. Oh, and yeah. uh, you do. For someone, uh, you know, for someone so hard, what a, what a tender uh, character development and story. And please don't
2: clip that clip, anyone. <laughs> <laughs> you, you ever say something and immediately regret it? Anyways. Yeah, when he cries, when he's like, you're so manly. Yeah, the tenderness is there for sure. Mm. Yeah, and his 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 um his uh,
3: dynamic with Ashido is one of my favorite in the series too. How she's his hero, and that that has come back in in more recent chapters, even in a way that I just thought was very sweet, and I just appreciate. it. Well,
0: but, but as um, long as we're being vulnerable, I'll admit it myself. I'm not a crier by nature. It's something I've had to learn how to do over time because no one had ever taught me this, but I was always filled with that. Like men never cry, oh, and especially over fictional things. But as I've grown older and wiser and more emotionally mature, I've learned it's OK. And I have no issue saying Like one of the first times I remember crying in an anime was during the uh, when they're trying to rescue Eri and you see Kirishima uh, just... Learn how he has become the hero he always wanted to be, and he's saving people. And like this, I just got all emotional and I start crying. It's like, what's, what's happening here? Who allowed this? But no, it's okay. You can, you Dude, can cry. That about fight
1: with Fat Gum, that was probably one of the best fights, I think.
0: Yes, in the absolutely. Whole anime.
1: That fight with, oh my gosh. And I just want to give him a hug, Fat Gum. Like, nothing more I do I want in my
0: life. All right, Nick, your favorite.
2: Uh, It's probably Todoroki. I just think he's got the coolest power, the ice and the fire and the way that he does it and the way that he's worked through his daddy issues. And, you know, he's like the... I've always had a thing for, like, quiet bad boys, like in anime and other things. Just more of, like, the characters are so cool. Like, I, uh, you know, I like main characters. Like, I'm a big Dragon Ball Z fan and I love uh, Goku. But also Vegeta is just awesome because of the quiet bad boy you know lots of daddy issue persona so uh anyway Todoroki is killer and my
0: favorite if we were limiting this to 1a characters Todoroku would be mine but my favorite character is actually Mirio and this man for me is just what a hero is supposed to be in a way that all my emulates as well like he doesn't give up he had a power that on its face is kind of useless until he started training with it, learning how he could use it properly, learning it how, uh, learning how to use it to become a proper hero, and then how he loses it, and then how he wrestles with that is such a great character moment there. We've already talked spoilers. I, we don't know how he does it if you haven't watched the show at this point. Why are you listening at this point? Go watch okay. the show. Go watch the show. All right, Pang, uh, give us your bad opinion for your last.
1: Well, I don't know if you saw my face um, when Nick said his, but Nick and I – I'm happy we have the same one, but also, I'm like, no, that's my favorite character. We'll get your own It's okay. It's okay. Because I even have, like, a Todoroki plushie, and, like, we talk, you know, he's at my desk at school, and that's who I, like, dialogue with daily. I'm not crazy uh, at all. But sometimes, I'm like, Todoroki, what do you think we should do? What do you want to teach today? Okay, let's go. Uh,
0: we should record more episodes in the morning. We have no filter at all.
1: <laughs> I'm not crazy, but yeah, no, I love I love Todoroki because I love his backstory too. You know what I mean? Because I every time, and it's not to get like so like um deep and stuff, but like you on the outside, it looks like he has a silver spoon in his mouth. It looks like he has a great life. He has he has two powers, icy hot. Like he like is cool. He's attractive. Um, he's that quiet mystery type, but like he's very. Like he does not. He has daddy issue. He has a dark story, a backstory. And I feel like getting into his character development, like with his siblings and his dad and his mom, it's like, wow, there's like a lot of layers to this guy. And I just think it's hilarious when Bakugo calls Icy Hot. Like, it's just so funny (laughs) to me. So I think Bakugo would be my close second favorite character since I keep on. He's just he makes me laugh, you dang nerds. Like, it's just so hilarious. All
0: right. Now, conversely, do we have a least favorite character in the show? Moneta. <laughs> that's my answer. Yeah, well. same. James, Being would you like to like get like on paused. the Moneta train or do you have someone even I worse? I feel like Moneta is just too obvious. Right. And They also-
1: created him for us to hate. So, uh, yeah, right, I think like we're supposed just- to laugh at him. I I,
3: feel- I don't know, man. I don't know. I, I, I go back and forth between they, they did create him. For, for us to hate or we're supposed to laugh sometimes i don't know i'm pretty sure the I'm creator. Has said,
2: balls. i'm pretty sure the creator has said things like he just wanted to draw like hot anime babes too like he's i feel like he said that interviews so i feel like Manetta might be a manifestation of something darker in the creator oh no this is what
0: happens when you I, so you haven't chosen minetta like the rest of us the easy answer you know it is the easy answer
3: actually i would like to submit an answer besides minetta if that's okay right. and it's gonna be a polarizing answer and Ooh. i feel like it's gonna people are gonna have opinions i'm not a super huge fan of um froppy
1: i knew why? you were gonna say froppy oh, oh, Froppy? Okay. why
0: not uh, let the man speak
3: I don't know. Something about her character is just never... I mean, she makes valuable contributions to the character development of some characters in the show. She's like...
1: Also, just call her Sue. Dang Sue, it.
3: yeah. A solid... Right, exactly. Maybe that's part of the problem. Is Some of these hero names are like, what are we doing? Um, Yeah, so... Uh, oh, yeah, also that. Right. Uh, duh. But yeah, no, I just... um, For me, I don't know. I don't need sort of downer like emo frog <laughs> you no know, i just for me frogs are bouncy and fun and okay. uh i don't know for something about the, the personality and the powers doesn't mesh for me i don't know
0: i will say or she's or not my favorite thing. by any stretch of the imagination but I, and i'm not saying you hate her i'm not saying i hate her either Yeah, it's yeah, just, yeah. She's he's not my favorite, but like she's not nearly near the end like someone like Minetta is. And once again, Minetta is an easy target, and I'll just give my reasons why. I mean, they're probably self evident. I cannot stand the perverted character in any show. Yeah, I mean, even like I love Master Roshi in Dragon Ball Z. When he gets to those moments, it's like my brain shuts off. I don't care about you anymore. Just show me the teacher. Show me the person I care about. Same with thing with Jiraiya. Like, yeah, I love it when you have any awesome fights. But the moment you start peeping on girls in the bath, like yeah. you're dead to me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, I can't stand that character. And it's, it's so prevalent in anime. It's just like these, is one of the reasons people have to jump over hurdles to get people to watch shows like this. Please get rid of it.
3: Right. Yeah. Why is that continuing to be a trope? Yeah.
1: I, I mainly save Minetta Like, if you listen to the All One Piece episode, I actually defended the pervy. um uh, guy yes, Just because I did. But because I love Sanji and he's a chef and I'm a chef. So like we uh, chefs have to stick together, you know. But um, so the perviness really doesn't bother me. It's just like his lame power and his fear of everything. Like you can have a lame power and make it great. But he's he's just always like a coward or trying to like ride on other people's backs. And like he doesn't do the work. And so that's why I don't really like him too much. Like, just do the work. Stop trying to find the easy way out.
2: Yeah, I will say, for as far as powers go, second, close second, um, least favorite is, I can't remember his name off the top of my head, the, the belly button laser guy. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, also the least least favorite. Also
0: for manga reasons that I won't spoil, but boo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I will yeah. say for those who are caught up, Mineta did just have a good moment in the last chapter. I will give him that. He he had something very witty to say, and even heroic, I dare say.
1: Wow! Oh, well, now I might have to read the manga. I won't, but like it makes me almost want to.
0: I mean, I, I had to after like season two. I I couldn't wait. I just had to read it. So that's everyone's favorite and least favorite. Now let's talk about arcs. What is everyone's favorite arc?
1: When they the Todoroki backstory arc. I don't know if that's a legit arc. But they did spend a lot of episodes with that. Yeah, and whatever arc that's in, that's my favorite.
0: That's valid. That's the was the, the tournament. Uh, forget the actual name they have for it. With them fighting, that we first learned about Todoroki. Sports festival. For, thank you, sports festival.
1: Um, no, it's like when they go like in the, the deep dive, and we learn like what happens to his mom, and you meet his siblings. It's the one oh. whenever like they do like the big intern where him oh, and yeah. to go. Todoroki you know what I mean
0: like yep. the intern arc with- I think or something mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm.
1: yeah it's that one specifically
0: okay James and Nick mine's
2: the A- Aerie arc I really like that one I mean the whole deep dive and then the um oh I can what's the crime boss with the mask um um overhaul yeah right. overhaul one of the coolest villains and one of the biggest moments for all the heroes uh you know We get to see like some really serious sacrifice happening, even with um, Sir Nighteye and stuff like that, and seeing him as like a true hero, even though he's kind of hard and cold. Like, you know, he's a hero. Obviously, he worked with All Might, but he comes across as kind of like a douche. And then you just see how much of a hero he really is um, and seeing how his sacrifice inspired um, all the other heroes, especially Midoriya. Um, Just really, really great, great arc. For me, I am
3: torn between um I, I, this was really hard for me. I think for me, I'm a little bit biased towards the Bakugo Rescue arc. Um just because that's where I came into the show. That's what, what was happening where I when I first started watching. And I think it has some of the best moments, but I think um in terms of my manga read through with this part has now been animated, the Dark Hero mm. arc with Deku. Just peak, both 2 peaks.
0: Yeah, my first and my backup have both been taken, so I'll just say my, my original was, and that would be the Shi Hasakai uh, rescue area arc. It's just it's that moment of heroes acting as heroes to defend someone who has no one in her, in her, what's the word I'm looking for here? It's too early in the morning, in her table, in her, on her side, we'll say, and there's no other way she's going to get out of this situation without a lot of people caring about what they're doing. And that, to me, is what heroism is about: looking after those who have no way of defending themselves. And that's just a perfect encapsulation of that arc. Now, we all have our favorites. Does anyone have a least favorite? It's okay to say no.
2: Mine's probably. um, Let's see. Is season two? Is season two the? No, no, no. Wait, wait, wait. Yeah, season two. That's the sports festival one, right? Yeah, I think sports festival is one. There's a lot of good backstory and stuff there, but a lot of times sports. Ones are just very slow for me. Like, there's a lot of like in between uh, fight sequences tend to go a little longer. Like, and obviously, I'm like a big Dragon Ball Z fan, so it doesn't make sense why I would say that. But as I've gotten older, like those long tournament arcs kind of just are also an anime trope that I'm also kind of uh, bored with.
0: Fair enough. Panger James.
1: Nothing that like comes to mind like and I think it was season six whenever they were doing because you know like when they had to reintroduce almost every episode like power because of the people who are just starting that season like I really like hate those episodes whenever they do like all right we're gonna do mock battles with one B and so now we're you know and there's like some good stuff like we learned that we need to know for the future episodes but I'm like all right I already know everyone's power like let's let's keep on going let's let's go like that's a little slow to me but it's not necessarily an orc
3: yeah I. I'm trying to isolate the moment where I feel like My Hero Academia got too big and too fast. Um, for me, the issues with, with the show and the manga is that towards the end, the pacing has just got out of whack for me. Um, and we'll probably talk more about that as we go along. But I think really, for me, it was my least favorite is probably the 1A versus 1B fight arc. Not because it didn't have great moments, because it does have great moments. Um, Not because the new characters that we really delve into are bad, because they're great. I think it's because those characters are introduced and then like subsequently just rush past. Like we have this cool, really cool moment, and then nothing really huge is done with it. I mean, there are small, tiny payoffs here and there, but we just had a whole arc on this. You know, there there needs to be more for me, but that's
0: yeah. I'll try and keep this as spoiler-free as possible because this does involve the manga. And in fact, it involves something that was set up in the last episode of the last season. And it's uh, it has a name. I'm fairly sure. I'm just going to call it the Star and Stripes arc. Yeah. And that to me was when Horikoshi started really getting to the point of abusing certain tropes he had in the past, especially of uh, women being especially strong and then something being taken away from them or not being as capable as they seem to be when they first show up. And just overpowering your villain and then having to right away out of that. Uh, that definitely, once again, without going into heavy, like this is what happens. I think that's one of my least favorites. As far as anime, I, I would second the 1A versus 1B. It's once again, like we've all said, like they're really good parts of it. Like we get some good character introductions. We get some motivations for characters who've been in the background this whole time. But it just drags on a little too long. It's just not as fun. So that's it for ARCs. How back works. Is there any quirk in the show that you just love to have?
1: I feel like that, I can't think of her name right now, but the creation quirk would be like, yeah. And like she creates lip lip did, So she needs to eat to create and she stays skinny. So like, it's just like, it's just a double win for me. Honestly, I can eat more and then create more. So my life is convenient and I'm thin. Wow. I love
2: I love that her quirk is basically pooping on command. It reminds me of, like, that guy from uh, from Jackass. He's He can do that. And so I love that you're like, I could eat, be skinny, poop on command. But instead of poop, it's uh, real life. Just create school. stuff. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Like,
1: oh, do I need, did my whisk just break and I need a new whisk? Boom. Oh, do I need this, like, I'm too short, do I need a step stool? Boom. Wait, let me eat some cake real quick because I got to stay skinny. Like, it just, I don't know, it just seems great. I have thought about this, if you haven't told Okay, if you can't tell,
3: James and Nick. I feel like this is cliche to go right for this one because it's kind of the same reason. It's just a different quirk, but fat gums quirk um, is a great quirk, I think. Um, first of all, because you can eat a lot and that's kind of like your thing. You need the fat, you know, um, for your powers. And uh, also, you get to become skinny and you get to use your fat uh, to be just a. I'm gonna say it. Just a badass. I mean, the one fight we had with that gum, he was awesome.
2: So, anyways, that's me. I wanna, I want. I'm not gonna lie. Endeavor's uh, power is really sick. I, if I could use his fire like he does, um, it'd be really sick. I've also recently watched, rewatched the um, Avatar: The Last Airbender season finale, and the way that Fire Lord Ozai and Aang uses fire bending is reminds me a lot of how. Uh, how Endeavor uses it. And I want to do a prominence burn like against a villain, just not hold back and basically become as hot as the sun. So cool.
0: Yeah, that's not bad. Um, As far as me, I mean, there's so many out there just to narrow it down to one is going to be real, Mm -hmm. real difficult. But I mean, I can say overhaul's quirk of being able to rearrange matter would be a lot of fun to use. Obviously, I wouldn't be trying to you know murder anyone with it, but like being able to change something into something else, kind of like an alchemy in a sense, that would be a lot of fun. Let's see, who else would I choose? It was something mundane. Uh, oh no, it wasn't mundane. It was petty. I should know me better. It's a uh, Shinzo's quirk. I to be a perfect troll, I would love that quote. Just have ask people questions, take take their will for a second, make them do something stupid. Yes. Give that to me all day long. I'm a terrible person for doing that, but I would abuse the heck out of it. I thought that too for a hot (laughs) second.
1: (laughs) You villains, but not not villains.
0: And he has definitely figured out how to use it heroically as the season has gone on. I actually kind of like how that's handled because in in any other series, he would be a villain. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But he resists that instinct. So I like that a lot. All right. So guys, what do we all feel? What does it take for someone to be a a true hero. Like one of the themes of this show is like how to be a hero. What is that about?
2: I, you know, one of the big things that has really captured my attention is this move away from like, um, I said it earlier, but I think cooperation. And like you said, combining, working with others to make a better world. And I think that the villains who, you know, you're talking about how we get this darker side where people with powers kind of do the opposite where they, produce chaos, induce chaos, and there's um, this individual... There's organization, but it's very loose. It's very individually individually based, where it's a society based on one man's uh, view of the world, you know, one for all, uh, or yay, yeah, all for one, rather. All for and one. So, Yeah, all for one. And I like that the counter is even the formerly number one hero, who is now lesser than the next generation, as far as power goes, working to continue to be a hero, um, and that that ultimately is is going to be the right way to embody heroism and hopefully defeat all for one. So, time's of pain.
1: Yeah. So even like when I think of a hero, like I don't even think about like really anime or more, well, and of course you think anime or Marvel, but I just think of someone who is selfless and who just wants to help someone out that needs help. So, you know, I think of, it's going to sound very cliche, but I do think of like the, the EMTs, I think of the fire rescues, I think of the teacher who notices the kid that no one else noticed. So I just think, um, and they can even show like in the hero movies, regular people being heroes, you know what I mean? Like helping a, a lost kid, like to you, like a hero can be undefinable. You know what I mean? It has no limits and whatnot. So that's what I think when I think of you someone who's selfless and who just literally tries to make the world a little bit better than you left it wherever you walked.
3: I, for me, I'm thinking about some of the themes of the show, some of the major themes, the sort of tension and dialectic between Deku and Bakugo of uh, the impulse to save versus the impulse to win um and about how you need both the right to be a hero you need the right spirit and in a certain sense the right power right um and I don't mean just like um like quirk power but I mean like you know dynamism of the will to to be able to do that. You need both of those things. But I think for me what um I have thought a lot about with this show and particularly in my ministry is um the ability to face evil, to face whatever um, is making you afraid or anxious or whatever, and to smile through those things. Um, I think uh, without that ability, I guess if we want to call it humor, um, if we want to call it optimism, I don't know what the right term is for it. Um, But that's really the the sort of chemical X for me, the necessary ingredient about what it takes to be a hero. I just think about the way that um, in my line of work, I, I'm faith formation. I'm a youth pastor. The way that faith is 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 passed down, like I could flex on them all day long, you know, with my theological acumen. Um, but like, that's not going to like win sort of over any spirits or any hearts, you know, um, at the end of the day, it's things like seeing a picture of Luffy on the background of my phone and then us having a, a great conversation about what manga or what anime um, we're into right now. Um, and so facing whatever... Um, you're facing right now and doing it in a way that inspires others, I think is what uh, makes a hero for me.
0: Yeah. I kind of touched on it earlier, but that being that person who is going to be the one to stand up for the one that doesn't have a voice that is unable to fend for themselves and being that person who selflessly seeking no gain for themselves Wants to be that person to help. I I have plenty of people right now who are actively fighting against sexual uh, trafficking and human trafficking that I know, and that is a thankless job Mm -hmm. at times because some of those girls, some of those men that are being caught in this, they know other life and they don't know how to have freedom. If you if you free them from that moment, well, what now? I have no other identity than this. It's been my whole life, and all the work that has to go into something like that. People like. Therapists who have to day after day talk to people who are undergoing stress, pastors as well, and how you handle that to love on them in moments of stress where no one else is going to see what you say and do. But your words matter more than anything. And that's why I know a lot of people swear by these shows. And that's fine. I despise shows like The Boys and comics like The Boys and Injustice because (laughs) they're missing the point. I know what they're trying to do. They're deconstructing the ideas of superheroes. But guess what? I know that. I know people aren't naturally selfless, aren't naturally helpful. That's why I come to these things. That's why I like to see, you know, Spider Man swinging into a burning building and saving a baby, or, you know, Superman stopping an earthquake from happening by just putting the plates back together or what have you. Like, that's fantastical. That's fun. It, someone is acting selfless. And we get that in my hero a lot. And especially, like I said, the uh, rescuing Airy that's one of the pinnacles in the show so we touched on this earlier uh we bringing up Bakugo a lot so he and deku have known each other for a long time and a huge facet of the show comes from their friendship rivalry hatred on one side extensive hatred on one side <laughs> and like as it has gone as it has gone on how do we feel about how that relationship has been handled and like is there anything we would change about it
1: not at all it's perfection
2: I agree. It's one of those things where I am somebody who I'm probably on the decu side of things when it comes to personality. I'm like very soft spoken. Like I don't get insulted easily or get angry, but I, I, I respond well to like, like the type of coach I need is someone who's like, you call that freaking, I don't know, sporting, like get out there and do some pushups. You Worm, you know, and like dang nerd. Yeah, you dang nerd. And like, <laughs> I respond well to that because I know, like, uh, I love Gordon Ramsay because the way that he talks to people is so rude. But he, if when you talk, when he talks to people, he cares deeply. And that's just kind of his style. And so I think Baku got, goes the same way, where, you know, there's obviously more to it than that. It goes deeper and his jealousy and even like wanting to be like Deku and stuff. But um I mean, the way that I just react well to that and respect people who are upfront and have the audacity to tell me why i suck and need to improve so i love
3: their dynamic i really do the only thing i would change about it and i i think their relationship is is probably one of the most rewarding parts of the series um in terms of character development watching them both grow um and change is one of the biggest payoffs i think um i think I actually think De- that, excuse me, Bakugo has a little bit better character development than Deku. I think, um, but I think his character development as to this point is mostly rounded out. I think Deku's um, has a, has a ways to go a little bit um, before the end of the series. Um, but I think right at the beginning of the anime manga, um, <laughs> Horikoshi puts a, like a suicide joke line in back. Bakugo's mouth, like right at the very beginning, it's like the first episode or two that just was a bridge too far for me. Um, like, you didn't need to do that to make this character what this character is.
0: And, James, um, that was precisely what I was thinking of when I was making that question. Yeah. It's one of our first introductions to Bakugo, and it's a very terrible introduction. It's a very terrible introduction. But yeah. he gets a lot better along the way. I think Hori Coach kind of realized I went a little far with that. And he made Bakugo a complete jerk. But at the same time, there's still hope that things can be mended for them to become friends. And as things have gone along the way, I've really enjoyed seeing where they were and where they are now to where he's still going to call him a dang nerd. But there is mutual friendship and love. He's just being very sundere about it.
1: Yeah. And his character development, even though like he... Like, cause I think we can all think of stuff, even though it's not to that extreme that we've said, and we shouldn't have said it. And like, we've changed our mind and we've had a heart change and like, literally I teach high school and they tell each other to go die all the time. Like, it's just what you say now. It's like, just go die. And so, um, granted still like not okay, but just kind of seeing that development and then seeing his because maybe because I can relate because so many times you work so hard because he was a hard worker. Bakuko is not a naturally gifted spoon in the mouth like Todoroki. And so like you see his hard work and then you see someone like he enjoys Deku looking up to him. You know what I mean? Even though he like bullies him and stuff like that, you can see he enjoys like with the long nose, like, you know, whenever he's like proud of himself. And then he sees Deku catching up so quickly And he sees Deku becoming close to his hero and later finds out like the connection between them. So you see the jealousy, you see the raw emotion, but then you see his breakthrough where he's like, what are you guys doing talking out in the open? Like that, you idiots. And so like, I just, I don't know. I love him. He's sweet. Like a little rough on the outside, but tender on the inside. Who can't relate to that?
0: (laughs) Well said. Hmm. So we, we brought up earlier as well, Endeavor, and as revelations are brought up in the show of his spousal abuse, of his parental abuse, it's shown as obviously wrong, but it also shows him willing to learn from that example and then try and better himself to make amends with people he has hurt. And there is a huge divide in the fandom with how that has been treated, especially on the American side. I mean, I'm talking like death threats being sent to Horikoshi. For what he is trying to do with Endeavor. And, like, how do we feel about how this was handled in the story? And is there such a thing as a character who's just too far gone to ever hope to seek redemption?
1: Well, as someone with daddy issues, um, I think I really appreciate it because not everything is rainbows. And even though it is hard to watch him abuse, like, the wife and kids emotionally, mentally, like, even training the kids, you can say physically, you know, uh, it's the reality of. A broken world we live in, and so to say and that someone is too far gone, then it's just like, wait, what? Why are we giving up on a on a? Even if you don't put Christ redemption in it, it's like that's still a human being. Like, why can't someone like he chose to make those mistakes? Why can't he choose to better himself? And to, he's not like saying just forget it, like suck it up, it's in the past. I'm different now. He's trying to make atonement. So I think that's the difference. If he was just trying to be like suck it up I'm different now like I'd be like no you're a jerk you can't erase all the stuff you did but he's literally trying to atone for what he did so I feel like that heart behind it you know makes me root for him
2: I love that you brought up atonement pang because I am somebody who struggles with that and even for like myself but I think I'm somebody who's like a soft universalist. I think that eventually all people will go to heaven. That's just kind of where I'm at. And I see hell as more as like a refining thing as a moment for atonement for people to be refined to eventually get there. And so like I, I think it's interesting that Endeavor is like this fire character to even show the atonement and to see that kind of like almost like his whole life has been kind of a embodiment of a living hell for that and those around him and who he's burned and abused. And now he's trying to refine, um, through sacrifice as the number one hero. Um, but Japan as well as like the United States are like very patriarchal societies. And so I think that a lot of times we like to see like the redemption of you. And I think a lot of those are like, is anyone too too far gone, particularly men who have done like egregious things and I have a hard time with that to a certain degree because there's, because as a, as a soft universalist, I'm like, yeah, God redeems all people and, and gives that a chance and people, but it, at least in this lifetime, um, because I and we are not God and we do not, uh, execute perfect justice. Like I also don't want to, um, enable terrible things and see f- redemption as a sense of enabling, um, yeah, that's where I am in the show. And I think it, it plays it out really well. But I also struggle with Endeavor and his redemption arc. Yeah,
3: I think that most people really love the notion of forgiveness. Um, and we like less seeing it actually unfold. Um, like we want it to be there as like a failsafe or an option for when we do mess up, but uh, giving it to other people, letting other people atone, giving them that opportunity Um, is something we struggle with more. And and that's probably fair because, you know, people get hurt um, and you don't want to be around the person who has hurt you or see the person that uh, has hurt you atone or do better or or whatever. Um, So I think with Endeavor, what I think about are, like all the people in the past who have done, like, right, like egregious, awful things. Like, uh, do I want those people to just suffer um, at a certain point, a part of me does, right? Because I want the the satisfaction, the gratification of it. Um, this person hurt me. I want them to hurt. But I think certainly if we follow the way of Christ, we're called to something different and higher. Um, and so from a Christian perspective, it's interesting to watch Endeavor's story play out. Now, if you don't have that base or foundation, um, then you know, just to hell with Endeavor, literally. I mean, just get this guy out. I mean, like, I don't understand how you could approach this character without that sort of, without a sort of um, base of conviction or core conviction like that, that redemption or atonement is even possible. I think so much in our culture today, which is probably why there's a divide on this, teaches us that, like, no, right? Like, you're, I can't believe I'm going to say this, you're canceled, you're done, you're out. You know what I mean? But I think the the possibility um, is what makes his character so interesting. And I think to, um like what I want to say here is there's never forgiveness without, uh, coupled with forgetfulness, right? Like there are always going to be consequences for an action. And I think of what, what makes his, what makes the character so compelling is that like, that is unfolding in his life, right? Like he is not, fully reconciled with any of those characters that he has hurt. Um, He is still bearing the consequences. In a certain sense, the world is bearing the consequences, which I think is a, you know, could be looked at as an allegory um, for any of us of when we hurt another individual, whether it's in big ways or small ways, right? Like the world becomes a little more broken, um but yet we all do it, right? We maybe not all do it to Endeavor's level, right? But in a certain sense, we all need the opportunity to to move on the tone. So I think his character is really interesting. Um I'm interested to see how it continues to go. I think I have a speculation about how it's gonna go <laughs> towards the end of the series, but um uh, anyways, yeah, his character is really interesting. I don't hate him. I struggle yeah. with him, I don't hate him.
0: Yeah, for me, I think a lot of people's issues comes from Somehow this has become like a universal heresy of forgive and forget being a thing in reality when the Bible preaches nothing about that. In fact, it's kind of the opposite. It's like, don't forget, but no, it could happen again. So be prepared not to hold it over someone and say, oh, oh, you hurt me. You lied to me the other day. You're going to do it again. It's like, no, we're all working on this together. I need to ask you for forgiveness when I screw up. The same is true of you. And when it comes to Endeavor, like obviously this is a hot button issue, uh, spousal abuse, parental abuse. I don't think there's anyone rational who's in favor of any of those things. But Jesus still died for that man, I- assuming that Endeavor is a real person in this scenario.
1: But there are real people who do real those real yes. things. Absolutely. And I, I feel like, and so I have like a lot of like tragic backstory, not like trying to be like, the main character or anything like that. But like at one point, so my sister passed away due to people being neglectful. And I literally ran in after like three years to one of those people, you know what I mean? And it's literally one of those things, like those who have been forgiven much can forgive much, you know what I mean? And never once have I, like I literally told him like, you know, he apologized, whatnot, like they'll he's on bond right now. So like he hasn't had his trial enough. So I looked at him and I was like, I love you, I forgive you. You know what I mean? And that's like, that's powerful for just us as humans. Cause even if you take Christ out of it, which, you know, I wouldn't do, but like, it, so you have, if you without Christ, you have no reason to forgive people who hurt you, right? There's like, there's no like Christian umbrella. There's no like fear of hell. But then what is that going to do to you as a person if you keep on holding on to hatred and you keep on holding on to bitterness and then hurt people hurt people? So if you're never going to let yourself heal, it's going to be a never ending cycle into that. And so I know like this is talking about an anime, but it's a real life scenario. You know what I mean? And so I, because of what I've gone through in my story, I have so much compassion because I would never want someone, number one, I don't want that bitterness in my heart. And then number two, like, I want to be able to be a light. Like, yes, life can be dark and suck right now, but like, you don't have to hold on to it. It is a choice. It's a sucky, you know, situation, but- So I think that's why I have so much grace, you know, even in like the compassion of endeavor, because you never know what someone's going through. And not forgetting makes the forgiveness even more powerful because I'm never going to forget what happened to my sister.
0: Yeah. Uh, When this conversation is brought up, my answer almost always is Paul. And you want to talk about a guy who does not deserve grace, who does not deserve uh, to make up and amend for his past. It's Paul. I mean, this man jailed people. He approved of stoning of an innocent man, and probably would have participated had he been given the opportunity, and yet Christ shows up for him and makes him into a completely different person. And obviously, Endeavor didn't become the faith uh, in that regard. Uh, we're talking about a population in Japan where less than two percent of the population is Christian, but it's still that essential thing of if you have recognized who you were, we need to turn away from that and make amends. And that's what I really like what he's doing in this series is like he's not perfect he screws up asking you know for forgiveness and he screws up how to reconnect with his family but he keeps at it and i really like that so my final thing for this is like hey one criticism also level against the show we talked about how deku got his powers from all right it's that mm-hmm. they say that shouldn't have happened he should have remained powerless quirkless he should have been more like a batman kind of figure like using gadgets and stuff like that what do you guys think about how that is that a valid criticism
2: Boo, bad criticism in my opinion. Um, I just think <laughs> I think especially for what the show's doing, like it's not just about it's if it was only about one hero's journey, like obviously Deco is like the main character, but it's about like sharing power to the powerless and and and, and, and empowering powerless people to have the power to help others. And I think that if you were like, oh, deku just is rich or has a rich connection to give you know do a batman type of thing it would focus on him as an individual um and i just think that that's just not the really falls within the spirit of the show so i think that criticism is a bad one
1: and also it would null a big like one for how it's passed on and how like people add to it like it will literally take away a big premise of the show. For people, I'm a little like I'm a loyalist, and I get defensive. So I'm like, if you instead of criticize, why don't you write something better and shut up? You don't have to watch it. Like, ain't no one making you watch it.
0: James,
3: yeah, I think Batman's a fundamentally different character and a, doing a fundamentally different thing. So they're apples to oranges in a way that I don't think you can really compare them. And I think, like Pang said, I think the the one of the biggest tropes of this show is. Uh, the passing on of spirit um, from generation to generation, right? Um, with one for all in particular. And so I think Batman is just doing something different. Batman's working out his trauma in a different way. And um, yeah, I think just think they're doing two fundamentally different things. So also, boo, bad criticism.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'll agree with my co-host here. I think this would make a fine AU. If you want to imagine and you write your fanfic, like something happens and uh, Izuku never gets one for all. In fact, I actually added that to our list of what if questions. So if that is brought along the way, vote for it when that poll comes up on our Facebook group. But I I think it misses the point in that he was born Quirkless. He's been given something he has never had to use before in his life, and in his train, it is him training to become better, and especially along the way, as other revelations are revealed about the Quirk, how can he do it and protect the people around him? So it'd be a fine, like I said, alternate universe. uh, Deku never meets All Might, and he never gets One for All. Like, probably Mirio gets it or something like that instead. And we find in the story that's probably a bad thing with the way One for All works. Hmm. But as far as the story proper, I don't want it. So guys, we've talked a lot. Is there anything else you'd like to bring up before we wrap things up? All right. Well, with that in mind, do you have a recommendation you would offer to the audience? It doesn't have to be about heroism in general, it could be anything.
1: Watch Startup, everyone. You'll laugh, you'll cry, you'll root for multiple guys in the triangle. I still can't choose who I wanted to be up with, but Korean drama, go for it.
2: Very
0: nice. Victor James?
2: We've talked about, I talked about nerding out on a theology book, but we've talked about, I feel like Christian in the episodes that we've been in. And then we've, I mean, all of us have talked about anime in Japan and we've talked about Buddhism and stuff like that. And so there's a great theologian I've been re- reading. Um, he has a book that came out like a year ago, I think. His name is John Tatamanil. And he's got a book called Encircling the Elephant. And he talks about a Christian. Uh, interreligious uh, theology. And so he brings up Buddhism and elements of Hinduism and it's a really excellent book. So you should go check out John Tatmanil's stuff. James.
3: Uh that does sound really interesting, Nick. Um I'm just going to keep saying it. I'm going to keep preaching the gospel of Star Wars Rebels. Um <laughs> especially based on last week's trailer revelation with Uh the trailer. It is is now, it is now time.
0: (laughs) (laughs) If you want to know what's happening, (laughs) do it. (laughs) If you want to know what's happening, watch yourself some clone wars, bad batch and rebels. You're going to need them. They're required, required reading or watching. We should say, Uh, as for me, I'm going to recommend an anime that came out and I believe like 2008 ish. It is very hard to get track of, So if you have to use less than reputable means to find it, I'm not gonna stop you. We do not condone piracy in any way, shape or form. I would never say you go to certain websites that allow you to watch darker than black, only the first season because the second season sucks. But, and it misses the point. It is an excellent story of how a world is changed in a darker, edgier way without being uh, darker and edgier all the way to the max of all terrible things all the time of how people being given powers would be if they just out of the blue people got them i highly recommend darker than black season one only that's all that matters nothing else exists there is no season two there is no war embossing say so guys thank you again for listening if you have some episode ideas you'd like us to cover go ahead and bring up on our website at systematicecology.org. you can also check us out on our discord our youtube and patreon as well to help us out with everything. We'd love to get you th- your opinion on what stuff is doing. If you have a chance, please leave us a five-star review on your podcasting platform of choice. This will just help to increase the spread of the show. Keep sharing the stuff like you've been doing. We really enjoy that. And remember, we are all a chosen people, a geekdom of priests.